and we can we can future pace them and say, what's the future going to look like for you? But again, it's it's why the majority of the population aren't successful. Is they're just they're not willing to actually do the things because it's a fucking lie and it's bullshit when they say I don't have the resources to do this. I'm like that is bullshit. You've got YouTube. You've got you. This is the most resource abundant time in history to actually go out and do whatever the fuck you want. And it's they just come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Yeah. All right. There's 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 very little that holds you back in it in Western civilization. Welcome to the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. I am Maggie, your host and creative behind this space. This podcast is for those ready to create change in their life, level up their mind, expand their horizons and get clear on what it means to them to live a life powerfully on purpose. Join us weekly for conversations with people living on purpose and I invite you to choose to be inspired after each episode and walk away with the intention to take audacious action towards everything you desire. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today I have Australia's youngest shadow worker with me. He's an entrepreneur working with young men. He specialises and has a background in rites of passage. And it's an honor to have this conversation with you. I see what you're doing online and you're making a massive impact. So thank you for being the, the walk, the first one to go for young men. It's mm. really it's really great to see. So let me welcome Lachlan Mitchell. How are you? Phenomenal. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Uh, firstly, who are you? Other than these few things that I've ruled off, who is Lachlan Mitchell? Ah, uh, who is Lachlan Mitchell? I'm a brother, so I've got two little sisters that were born when I was 10 years old. So it's a big part of me growing up was kind of being that, uh, being a parent for them. Who else is Lachlan Mitchell? He's a lover. He's a, he's a fighter. <laughs> he, Love it. He's passionate. He's passionate about helping make change. He's passionate about creating a life of freedom for himself and doing what he can to make make an impact. So I love that, and I see all that on your socials. It's authentic and true to you, and I. It's great to see. Who are you, or who were you before all this? I was still the same guy, but I was the same guy that had the fear of what everyone thought, who mm. was worried about the judgment from his friends, was worried about fitting in, who didn't quite have that direction because he was told growing up that he had to be a certain way. He had to go to uni, he had to go study, he had to go get a job, he had to make money, and then he could do the things. Uh, and I'm like, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do what you want. And it's mm-hmm. only the programs, it's only the stories you tell yourself that stop you. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that 100%. What was the shift that happened for you to make that change? Did you go to uni? <clears throat> yeah, I did a year of economics at UQ. A year? Yeah, a year. I was like, no, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. What was the big shift? The big shift was seeing a friend of mine, Kato Siptor, who got into NLP before, before I did. And I saw him doing Facebook Live. And I was like, wow, this guy really is passionate and truthful about what he's getting up there and talking about and so I, I reached out to him we caught up and next thing I know I'm going to uh, Cool to be Conscious is very first event that they did oh, wow. two years two and a half years ago now and the rest of history I got coaching from him and then I went and signed up to NLP Prac and Master Prac I did men's men's circles I did retreats you know mm, so you've done a lot Fair bit. Fair bit, and you're only 21 years old. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. 21 year olds haven't done anything like this before. So why the big shift at such a young age? What was my other alternative? 
be unhappy and do the same shit over and over again. Love that answer. Yeah. Bam. There you Stupid go. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, yeah. cool. So you've done all this work then, mm-hmm. and what's your drive to continue? My drive at the moment is creating that freedom for myself, mm-hmm. financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. If I can be not attached to anything, mm-hmm. is I have the freedom to do what I want. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part. The other driver, like I have this firm belief around, you can want to save the world, but if you don't have the resources to save the world, you'll you really, you're wasting a lot of time. And so it's like, I've got to be passionate around Rite of Passage. And I'd love to, and what I'm going to do in the future is create Rite of Passage programs which run in schools around Australia. Because there's an absolute need for young boys to become young men. And that doesn't happen today. Um, So that's a big passion in regards to that bigger national global change I'd like to make. And another one I'm doing is called Talk for Life, which is about creating affordable and accessible coaching and mentoring for people Australia-wide. So similar to that of Better Help, so that's a project I'm in. I'm working on at the moment. So they're two bigger drivers for me. That's great. What is a rite of passage for those that have no idea what you're talking about? So a rite of, a rite of passage is anything that creates a shift in you. Mm-hmm. A rite of passage is getting your first job. A rite of passage is making your first, getting your first paycheck, going through puberty, mm-hmm. getting your period, becoming a man, having sex, drinking. It, it is whatever elicits a change in who you are. And so why is that such a big drive for you? It's a big drive for me because it's necessary for for us as humans to create shifts and to evolve and let go of our fears. You know, traditionally speaking, rites of passage for young men and women have been occurring for the last 20,000, 30,000 years where when young men and young women were became of age, they go out, or for the, for the young boys specifically, they go out with the men they go away for a few days, a few weeks, a few months at a time. And the idea is they had to move from boy psychology to man psychology. And how many guys, how many men do you see these days that are still little boys, that are still insecure, that have no idea what they're doing, and they're just, they're just trying to prove themselves to everyone else because they don't actually love themselves deep down. So many. Yeah. Very big percentage of men. Yeah. So what is it specifically that you're doing in your drive to change that? So right now... A big part of what I'm doing is I'm working on creating my wealth, yeah. creating money. Because, again, I could, I could go and work for a non-for-profit and I could go and you know, tackle the, the challenges and it's great and there's a lot of non-for-profits out there that do great work and I know with what I want to do and if I want to do it effectively, I need that cash flow 100%. and I need the equity to actually make that change and elicit that change and have followed through. Because there's so many government programs that go into school and they say, oh, we're going to come talk to your year 12 students about drugs. They do one talk and it's like, well, done. Okay, good work. You, you told them a few things. Where is the follow-on effect? What is the outcome of this talk? What, where are the, like, what is the follow-up? You want to actually make change? You want to spend money doing something? Then create a fucking plan which actually elicits a shift. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're wanting to get into schools specifically? In, a, in the future, yeah. the rights of passage is necessary in schools. There's already a number of people Australia-wide which are doing it. Yeah. Anna Rubenstein being one specifically in the right journey. That, that's a part of me, mm-hmm. um, part of my more passion. I wouldn't say it's, it's a large priority right now okay. because until I can create that network and that wealth, then it's, it's just like, it's, what's the term? Getting your foot through a nail. Yeah, okay. you're not, it's, 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 
right now. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's way harder than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So what is your focus in terms of making shifts and changes? If it's a priority for the future, mm. what's what's like the next step? What are you focusing on now? Next step right now is creating an organisation called Dr. Fit Wellness, which focuses on women's health and well-being, but specifically women who are driven in their career, that are driven in wanting to create the next step in their relationships, possibly have children, but are also suffering from a bit of burnout, suffering from overworking, suffering from trying and doing all the things, right? So we've got a lovely uh, woman that we've got involved, Olivia Gargione, who's our head coach at Dr. Fit Wellness, and I'm just kind of helping set up all the back ends and a little bit of the content behind it which is really exciting because we aim to actually create change it's not just yeah. a oh here's this little course on manifestation no no you've got fears that are stopping that's huge so actually get fucked yeah and do what you need to do yeah otherwise you can stay in the same spot mm. okay interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there now launching courses yes. launching all there these are. surface level things talk me through a little bit more about what you do specifically to get to the nitty-gritty mm. so there's a lack of accountability that happens there's a big course and there's not much follow-up yeah and there's two parts of this right there's obviously the, you know the people on one side who have their own duty to follow up because everyone could go out of their way to make an effort to do things and to get involved and there's also the organizations and, and coaches and whoever you are right so it falls to both sides in regards to responsibility, but there's a lack of follow-up, there's a lack of follow-through, and you know, the same thing's gonna happen with our programs. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and, and lie, is that there'll be still be people that will do the programs that I'm gonna create that won't get what they want. Yeah. And they're probably not ready to actually make those changes in their life. Okay. Because they're still holding on to some sort of secondary gain or they're, they're loving their problems so much that they actually don't wanna let them go. Mm. It's fun, isn't it? It is so fun. Yeah. Problems. About creating problems in order to have problems. Creating problems <laughs> to have problems. That is, um, I know people that do that. Yeah. To create problems in order to avoid the actual problem. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what would be a bit of piece of advice for anyone who is on the fence right now, who wants to create a change but maybe they're stuck in what they currently have or having that secondary gain from the problem that you were just mentioning? How bad do you want the pain to be? Mm. It's like it's fairly simple. Like we can talk all the nice things that you can create. At the end of the day, most people are motivated by pain. Yeah. Some people are motivated by pleasure. Also, some people are happy to sit in their shit, not do anything. Mm. That's easy to do that. Yeah. So it's like, at what point? What point is it going to take to actually make a change? Mm. Right. So it's it's a core part of getting people to move. And we can, we can future pace them and say, what's the future going to look like for you? But again, it's, it's why the majority of the population aren't successful. Is they're just they're not willing to actually do the things because it's a fucking lie and it's bullshit when they say, I don't have the resources to do this. I'm like, that is bullshit. You've got YouTube. You've got you, This is the most resource-abundant time in history to actually go out and do whatever the fuck you want. And it's, they just come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Yeah. All right? There's, there's, there's very little that holds you back in a, in Western civilization, mm. all right, in Australia. Yeah. Gender, identity, all that, there's very little that actually stops you. Yeah, you're right. The, we have phones, we're right in our fingertips, mm. right? And, you know, there's a lot of objections I have around money and stuff, but you forget about the objection of not knowing how. 
How mm. simple is it to five steps to There's this thing called Chat GPT and you can ask it anything. Chat GPT. What's that? It's AI. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you just Perfect. go in, you write anything, you can write it can write copy, it can write literally anything, it can create a script for you, oh. you can write a course. So you don't even have to do the work. You literally don't have to do the work. <laughs> What's the excuse then? <laughs> Who knows? Comes down to fear, right? Yeah, fear, fear is the basic governor of all of us. Mm. And it's like, it doesn't matter who you are, you can be a wealthy um, entrepreneur, you know, you could have spent 40 years in the space doing what you're doing, or you could be a young guy, a young woman, and those same fears are going to dictate you, whether that be in relationships, whether that be in the, you know, relationships, money, future, career, everything's coming into play with what you're doing, mm-hmm. right, and they're just going to manifest, and they're going to come out if you haven't been willing to deal with them. Yeah. Specifically relationships, as, as you know, something you may have experienced yourself is, you know, so, our partners become a mirror for everything that we fear in ourselves. Yeah. They show us all our insecurities, they show us all our fears. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's also the most beautiful experience you can have. Yeah. And you have a beautiful partner that's willing to sit down with you and be like, okay, what's our next step? Do the work. How are, we, how are we gonna get through it? Yeah. Why do you think often at times when it gets hard, people run away then? It's easy. It's that simple. It's easy. Yeah. I think it's that simple. Like. Mm-hmm easy to run away and it's hard to do the thing that they want to do yeah, there's okay. like again there's fears and we label so much in this day and age I have anxiety mm. and I have depression and they are absolutely real things right but having depression is a, is a number of emotions that you can't articulate to yourself in a conscious way and they play out and they they play out neurochemically in your body mm. and therefore create that shift in your hormones and, and how you show up each day so it's like until you actually work on what's creating what's the root cause of your problems then they're going to keep showing up right like meds will help for some people meds don't help for other people and i'm yeah. not a psychologist so i can't on, i can't generalize on that yeah and there's also data on it mm. so it's like look at the data and recognize that until you actually face your fears, they're still going to be there. Mm. No amount of dissociation, no amount of avoiding the problems, if it's drinking, if it's drugs, if it's overworking, if it's, you know, loving a partner too much, which I know I've done. Yeah. You know, avoiding, we use, we'll, our reticular activating system is going to use anything it can in order to avoid the actual problems, mm. right? And then the funny thing is it's also, also constantly looking for those problems because it needs yes. to be aware of it. Yeah. So it's like... How anxiety works is that our reticular activating system is going, okay, where's the anxiety, where's the anxiety, where's the anxiety? It's everywhere. Yeah. Because you're looking for it, right? You're creating a story that, you know, when this happens, when this person says something nasty to me, therefore I, I've got no self-worth. Yeah. That's, a, that's literally a story, all right? And <clears throat> I recommend people go to therapy, people go try these things. Yeah. Right? It's a great thing to do. And when you're ready to do the work, you, you go and actually see your fears. Basin for one. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be ready. Absolutely. Ready. ready. Yeah. You're never ready. really ready, but it's mm. the moment you decide and you're ready. Yeah. Who do you specifically work with? At the moment, so I've worked with a number of different people now. I've done retreats, I've done group programs, I've done one on one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've worked from, from 20 year olds to up to, to, up to 60 plus. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's like everyone asks me, they're like, 
why do you have the right to, to, to give people advice? I'm like, I'm not giving people advice. I'm asking them the questions for them to figure it out. Mm. No good psychologist, no good therapist, no good anybody is going to give that advice in order for you to make a decision. They're going to ask you the questions until you figure it out. Yeah. And getting feedback. That, yeah, absolutely. Getting feedback from someone's nice and hearing their wisdom through stories is great. Mm. But having someone tell you what they should do is their opinion. Yeah. It's their projection. It's not you. Mm. That's where creating your own identity is really essential. Yeah, that's super important as well when you are getting ready to invest into yourself is mm. knowing that actually you have all the answers and you can take everyone's advice with a bit of grain of salt, but know that you know you best. Mm. Yeah, that's super important. And it's the way to stay empowered in your decision making as well when working with people. There's a lot of people out there that will just tell you what to do rather than sh- help you to show you how to do it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, with asking the right questions and got it all within you already Mm. Mm. I would love to talk on masculine and feminine energy Mm. a little bit yeah this is a topic that's been coming up a little bit for me and I have heard you talk on it before so I'd love to know your take on it how people can work with it and the first steps in understanding it a little bit better yeah so masculine and feminine energy relates a lot back to archetypes so Jung created his 12 archetypes and we look at well, what archetype do we show up as and, and what uh, what type of energy does that embody? So mm-hmm. we look at the king. The king is very much that divine masculine energy, that, that masculine energy that shows up as caring, that's confident, that's direct, that's secure, that's resilient, that does what he needs to do, he takes action, mm-hmm. right? And we look at someone like the magician. The magician is a little bit more sneaky, he's a little bit like I've had a lot of magician energy mm-hmm. where I'm constantly thinking about the next idea, doing the next thing, okay. right? Versus the warrior action, get in, do it, tough, mm-hmm. etc. So our masculine and feminine energy plays out and uh, how we show up. So one of the activities I get a lot of people to do is I say, look at these 12 archetypes. Look at their characteristics for each. Who do you show up as? And people go, oh, okay, you know, I'm a little bit of a sage, I'm a little bit of the, the maiden, you know, for like for you, what I'm picturing, and I don't know you too well, <laughs> is you've definitely got a bit of sage in that wisdom. Yeah. I see a lot of maiden energy mm-hmm. in that, you know, a bit of light femme and that nice energy right and there's also a little bit of that queen and I, there's also a bit of rogueness in you as well that wants to just <laughs> escape and jump out that's also what i feel yep <laughs> yep sweet i read people all right so when we look at everything is everything is discovering who we are at a deeper level mm-hmm. our, our first 20 years of life first 14 years of life is creating it and the next 80 is deconstructing it so when we get to make sense of how we show up is we we get to choose what we get to do next because the whole idea of understanding masculine and feminine energy is what is the next step where do you want to go how are you going to use this energy to help you move forward so in regards to understanding mask and fem it's like you got light mask dark mask you can have the immature same with light fem dark fem etc uh, a lot of men are dark feminine in nature okay. because yeah. they're manipulative. Mm. They actually haven't been taught how to be a, an actual man because we've had this lack of fatherlessness over the last hundred years, mm-hmm. right? So see a lot of men with dark feminine energy that are going to be more manipulative. And in the same way, we see a lot of men who are really light masculine. Okay. And they're the nice guys. And, and there's this whole red pill thing going on and Andrew Tate and, and all this stuff. and, and this whole controversy mm-hmm. 
which is an mm-hmm. absolute rabbit hole, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. What? Why I'm bringing this up is around light masculine, because for so long guys have told be the nice guy, do what you need to do, you know, look after them. Mm-hmm. And nice guy energy ends up being really and can can end up being really toxic. Yeah. And not that nice guy can turn into that dark feminine because they end up being manipulative. They can be narcissistic. They can be gaslighting. Yeah. Okay. Right. That shows up. So when when young men are not taught how to how to actually become a man and go from boy psychology to man psychology, mm-hmm. it'll manifest from media. It'll manifest from poor role models. It'll manifest in such a variety of ways where they just end up with this really poor behaviors and poor identity because they never had anyone to model of. That's the yeah. basis of humans. We model behavior. Yeah. We're coming all the way back to mask and femme. It's like, well, how do you show up as? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you more are you more soft? Are you more light? You don't really want to take action? Probably need a little bit more masculine energy moving in. Right? And integrated with mask and femme, they're just labels. They're just kind of things to help us understand and other things. Um, but integrated with all this is our fears. Someone who's really light feminine probably is a little bit afraid to speak up, is afraid to be direct and take action. Someone who is like a woman who's really dark feminine gets what she wants from it. And man, it is in, it's in that more manipulative nature, the seductress, mm-hmm. right? And so people end up creating this identity of who they are around the archetypes and around around these specific key characteristics. Yeah. And so without it, like who are they? Mm. Yeah. There's a lot and I actually understood that, which was great. Amazing. What was your <laughs> biggest takeaway from it? Um, that I'm a lot of a bit of each and every single bit. Mm. Like for me I just thought it was dark light for feminine, dark light for masculine, but mm. you've got all the little yeah, aspects you're of it. Yeah, and you can play play each part like be each part depending on what's required of you yeah. and if you have a bit of all of it then you're able to take the required action action kind of thing as well it's the idea of flexibility of behavior yeah. which they teach in nlp they do and they should teach it to everyone because i was 20 years old when i came to nlp mm-hmm. and over the last year i ran four or five retreats i led men out i took women out i took groups of men and women out right like I had to step up, I had to be more aggressive, I had to own myself, I had to have ego. Yeah, okay. Because without it, that, would they respect me? Would they take me seriously? Mm-hmm. On the retreat I ran earlier last year with another good friend of mine who we ran a group program together, I, I was predominantly leading it. Yeah. I was the youngest person there, wow. including the participants. Wow. So showing up how you want to show up is critical. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, you're being fake, that's not really you. Well, no, everything's me. Yeah. I get to shop as whoever I want in regards to the situation. And I can, I can obviously be authentic. But, like, if you're a man that is looking after his family and, is, and is a, you know, has to take on a bit more of a protective role, if someone comes into your house, you're going to stand the fuck up and you're going to fight. You're not going to let anyone touch your family. Yeah, that's true. And so it's this whole idea of, for men, actually accessing that masculine, that more dark masculine energy and being okay with taking being okay with doing what's necessary. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much more, how much happier men we'd have in this world? Like the current, current one in three men kill themselves. Mm-hmm. The suicide rate's higher for men than it is for women. There are more women that are depressed than there are men, but men take action on it. Yeah. So it, it's just ridiculous that 
what happens and, and how society attributes to it all. So that's my rant. I love it. How do we get this kind of information to people? Yeah, that's a very complex problem to solve. At a, at a, at a large scale, getting this information out comes from keep doing what we're all doing, is creating more content on social media, getting to more people, mm-hmm. you know, like, they call it, you know, we talk about the idea of what the matrix is and that we're stuck in and people who are stuck in the matrix don't really know what's going on and they're kind of yeah. just a happy and content being in their own little world and that's great. Mm. You can be very happy in the matrix. You can. And to get out often means going against the grain, yeah. going against the norm and that is often the scariest thing for so many people because they're like, I don't want to be different. That was my biggest thing, is, you know, here I am at 19, 20 uh, at that time and moving away from my friends, I'd just done a Tony Robbins challenge and, and a good friend of mine, I had him over because i just moved out of my house and I said, he, he came over and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? What's, this isn't lucky. Yeah, there they are. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, this isn't you, this is this, is this other person. I was like, no, this is me, this is, I'm just changing, I'm learning more about myself. And he's like, dude, I've seen your stuff, it's a piece of piss. And it's like in that moment I was like, oof. I had to really sit with that because it was a great friend and I still respect a lot today. Yeah. But him saying that made me to go, made me go, why if I'm happy and I'm enjoying what am I doing and I'm doing and I'm and I know it's good for me, why why would I listen to someone else's opinion? So, it's a big part of creating that that self worth, knowing that whatever you do is okay. How do you manage that? Because I know that there's a lot of people out there that probably have been in a situation similar to that who mm. haven't just been able to turn it around and go, "Well, I'm happy, so it doesn't matter." These are big questions, Maggie. <laughs> um, we love big change questions. tables. Change tables. Mm-hmm. If you're at a table that's not supporting you, then get the fuck out. Yeah. Right. If you're around six recreational drug users, you're going to be the seventh. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're around shit people, you're going to be a shit person. And I can't highlight that enough. Is you, some of the people you hang around. If you want to make changes, find a good crowd. Get out of your fucking environment. The amount of people that I see stuck in the same environment shits me. Because mm-hmm. it's like if you just get up and make one change, you're going to create a huge shift. And I know it's easy for me to say this. But it's also can be really easy to do. Mm. Like, it's controversial for me to say, you know, if you're depressed, just get up and go for a walk. But if you get up and go for a walk, you're gonna feel a little better, bit better. You're moving. Yeah. Right. If if you're feeling anxious, then get on YouTube and watch something about overcoming anxiety. Mm. Go see a therapist. Go see a counselor. Go to a men's circle. Go to a women's circle. Yeah. A lot of this comes back to radical responsibility. You can spend your entire life blaming everybody else and it's not going to make any difference because you're still going to end up dead. Mm-hmm. So own your shit and move on. Yeah. you only got one life. you only got one life, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love how you're taking in this information. You're like, fuck yeah. yeah I'm, I'm taking it all on board. <laughs> um, with a permission slip for everyone else to take it on board, right? If mm. I can't hear it and absorb it and use it for my own good, Absolutely. no one else here is going to take it seriously, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I love how straight to the point you are. You know, there's so many people beating around the bush, and it's like, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> just say the thing. <laughs> yeah, just say it how it is. Because yeah. otherwise, people, you know, 
we don't actually hear what we need to hear otherwise because there's this, all this airy-fairy and it goes in one ear and out the other. So I love that and I respect it. Yeah, I do. And airy-fairy is still nice. It's still it nice to, yeah. to hold hands sometimes yeah. and feel the love and I'm all about that. Mm. And it creates an imbalance. Yeah. If you want balance in your life, you need to have, you need to be in equilibrium. Mm. And when, when something starts to slip in your world, and you start feeling overwhelmed, you start feeling tired, or you're you know, breaking out in a bit of acne, which I've had recently from a bit of stress. Mm-hmm. Something's going on to trigger that. Yeah. You know, it's like your body is going to respond to the environment, the stimulus, stimulus that you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, if all of a sudden you're getting pain in your back, all of a sudden this is happening, that's happening. What's going on in your world to actually create that? Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked with a number of people who have got rid of long-term um, chronic pain from actually releasing their emotions. Because they held on to anger for 20 years of their life. Yeah. It's, emotions are incredible how they manifest in the body. Mm. Like there's been studies done where 47, people are 47% more likely to get things like cancer and stuff from holding anger in the body. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy to think that you know an emotion that we have a choice to hold on to or not is causing and leading the way to so many diseases. And it's not spoken about in schools. It's not something that's educated the vast majority of people either. Mm. Powerful. Yeah, can be if people listen and take it on board and choose to do something with it. Well, at the end of the day, it's you either stay what you stay the same mm-hmm. and you spend your whole entire life hoping that something's going to change or you actually get up and do it. Yeah, that's good. No matter how much more simple it can be. <laughs> Have you always been so straightforward in your life? Uh, no, I definitely became a lot more assertive after doing a lot of this work, mm-hmm. and that was my big thing is I wasn't. I was very light masculine. Yeah. I was a bit mischievous. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, becoming more assertive was critical in showing up how I want to show up. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to handle a 53-year-old man that's made out of muscle, <laughs> then I need to be willing to actually say something and, and be upfront. Yeah. Right? And hold people. Mm. Is assertive, assertiveness is a key characteristic and key personality trait, which we all have. Mm-hmm. We, if we can actually measure that assertiveness, how it shows up and one of the things I do with my clients is I get them to fill out a number of personality tests mm-hmm. and give me a really great idea of what's their level of openness, what's their conscientiousness, what's their agreeableness. Okay. You know, agreeableness is a key personality trait that shows me uh, generally how successful someone's going to be. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to speak up and actually say what they want to say. Okay. If they're willing to stand up and go against the grain. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, what, what happens if they do this, what happens if they do this? It doesn't matter. You, you, there's fear there that you get to process and move through. Yeah. Right. So it's really fun to look at with a lot of the programs I've done with the clients is they redo the personality test after 12, 8 weeks, however long. And I've had people increase like 50, 60% in assertiveness. Wow. I've had people increase in, decrease their neuroticism. So neuroticism is a characteristic trait related to your tolerance to negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that have a very high level of neuroticism. So when you get to actually process the fears, process what causes stress in your body, your neuroticism decreases and you're no longer affected by the same stimulus. Wow, that's incredible. Mm. It's cool. I'll send you the test. Yeah, I'd love to know mine. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. How did you get onto that? Um, I love learning. So I listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson and his personality profiling. Um, I've just read a lot of books now. I recall information fairly well, I guess. Um, and I just saw that as a really like my logical brain's like, oh well, if this person's like this, then therefore we get to do this. Yeah. And it's not 
it's not always like that, but it's a great foundation to start in regards to understanding who you are and how you became that way. You know, what made you more introverted? What happened when you were seven? And some people say not everything's trauma. Trauma, and there are not everything is trauma, and your environment shapes who you are. Right? You spend your first fourteen years in a very large psychological developmental stage, which creates everything. So people spend, well, that's why they spend their entire lives trying to figure it out. Yeah. So interesting. I love Psychology. the amount of information that you're taking around now. You're so like, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. And it, it'll come at the perfect time back to my awareness, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I love the human psychology, mm. human behavior, all it's of that. so deep and it goes to such depths. So much we don't know as well, which is really interesting. Psychology is a practice which has been around like 100 years old, like Western psychology. Yeah. So, like, we, humans have been around for thousands of years, mm. and yeah, it goes to show that we're all just working it out along the we're way. We're all just doing what we can, yeah. living in this little planet. Like, mm-hmm. zoom out. We're very insignificant compared yeah. to the rest of the universe. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I was actually walking along a football oval the other day, mm. bring back memories of like back in the past when I go to footy and be around with friends and all of that, and then I thought never stood on a football field by myself before mm. and realised just how small I am. Mm. Something that I used to just go to all the time. No significance, didn't think about it, it wasn't in my awareness. To go, wow, just might as well go live my life. What else do I have? Right? Yeah, so it's um, really interesting. It's funny you say that, and just triggered a thought around a lot of people live in the past. Mm. And a lot of people dream of the future. We forget that we're only ever living in the now. The future and the past actually don't exist, yeah, really. They're just, <laughs> they're just remnants of memory. Mm. And it's like everyone's like, I want to be able to go do this, I want to go do that, I want to have all this in my life. I'm like, well, what can you do today to start living that? Yeah. Don't tell me about five years from now, tell me about today. Mm-hmm. Start living now. Yeah. So. yeah. That's something I do with my clients is find out how you, like, if they want to be successful. Mm. How are you successful today? Mm. Don't think about the 10k months you want in the future or, you know, a million dollars. Like, what is it today that we can celebrate to make it successful? Because the more you embody that, the easier it becomes to create success in the future. You know, the bigger things, which is really cool. Mm. Love to wrap this up. Mm. Do you have any last words, wisdom, advice for anyone who's listening? People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. Don't let something shit happen in your life in order for something to change. I love that. Thank you. No worries, Where thank can you. everyone stay connected? Yeah, uh, they will. I'm on Instagram at lachlan.mitchell underscore underscore. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, and simple. If you want to find me, you know where to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for today. I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I've learned so much, as you can see. <laughs> you can ask me questions any day. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, Beautiful. until next time, enjoy your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Beautiful. Thank <laughs> you.